It's time for your morning briefing of junior mining and mineral exploration news. You are tuned in to Mining Stock Daily. Now, reporting from the Clear Creek Digital Studios in Denver, Colorado, here's your host, Trevor Hall. Hello, everybody. This is Trevor Hall once again with Mining Stock Daily from the Association for Mineral Exploration Roundup Conference. Now sitting with a good friend of mine, good friend of yours, and actually an interview I've uh, definitely been looking forward to for the last couple of weeks when we scheduled it. Uh, it's always a pleasure to have Mr. Robert Sin, CEO technician back in the studios. How are you, buddy? Great to be here, Trevor, uh, in, in wet and slightly cold Vancouver, Canada. Uh, but this has been a really great week in Vancouver with these conferences and all the activity clearly uh some good attendance at uh, the Roundup and the VRIC 2020. Uh, definitely bull market sentiment in the air. Well, yeah, let's talk about that bull market. You actually put out an email this morning to uh, to your list about a con- the consolidation of uh, the GDX uh, seems to be coming to an end, it appears, on the technical status. So uh, give us a little rundown. What, what are you seeing on those charts? Well, so the GDX peaked in the first week of September 2019, um, I call it $31 a share, and it's had a three-month, four-month digestion process, and I like to use that word digestion because gold miners went up huge from May through September 2019. Uh, A lot of mining shares doubled or tripled or quadrupled, um, so they needed a digestion process to digest that big move and that's what they've been doing since september and actually if you look at the gold miners uh daily chart like a one-year daily chart uh either the you know huey or the gold miners exchange traded fund you can use either they're very very close um you can see sort of a rounding bottom pattern since the you know september pullback started uh and now we're about to potentially make a new high here in the next few weeks. Yeah. It, do you still feel like uh, there's still a lot of undervalued, well, the, the miners in, in general are still undervalued based on the price of the of gold? I think they're not expensive, that's for sure. Um, <laughs> valuation's a tricky topic. Sure. Uh, a lot of variables involved in valuation. I would, I would say if we take a look at the broader stock market and all the different sectors in the stock market, the mining sector is probably either the best value right now or very close to the best value. In the whole, in the whole market? In the whole market, wow. yeah. So how do we get more eyes on this thing? I mean, we, said, we, we thought that uh, you know, with the higher, higher prices in gold and silver, uh, we'd get a lot more attraction. And I think it started, but I don't think it's been the big boom that people were expecting. No, I mean, definitely not. Uh, you know, in the U.S., you know, we're, we're both Americans. Um, maybe one in 10 people has any gold or mining exposure at all. Or, and, and maybe that's a stretch. It's probably more like one in 50. Um, whereas my neighbors all own Tesla. Right. They all own, uh, you know, Apple or Amazon, right? Right. If, if we started to get that kind of participation in the mining sector, we'd, we'd really see what a bull market feels like. Yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, I mean, the Tesla chart is just a- Apple, Tesla. I mean, you look at those charts, and they just—it's a—it's an exponential move higher, and we're we're yet to see the parabolic move in return, right? Um, 
Tesla is absolutely unbelievable the past couple of months. I mean, you know, this is not a small company. This is a, a, a 60, 70, 80 billion. And now, you know, this morning, a $100 billion market cap company that has more than doubled in the past few months. That's, that's really unheard of. Um, you know, Newmont Mining is the largest gold mining company in the world by market cap. Um, and they're only about $38 billion market cap valuation. Uh, and that stock hasn't even been a double yet. So I think that for us to say that we're deeper into the bull market, we need to see some of these big mining stocks actually double and maybe more to say that oh. we're, we're farther along. I still think we're pretty early stages. Let's talk about silver. Do you, uh, do you, do you follow the silver charts at all in, in, in those miners? Is it a similar story to what gold's doing? Silver is very interesting because uh, the silver chart is similar to the gold chart, albeit more volatile. But silver miners um, have generally been stronger performers since the summer than gold shares. And I think that mainly has to do with the fact that um, there's fewer to choose from. There's fewer mm -hmm. silver miners. There's fewer silver explorers. There's fewer pure plays on silver. And so you have all that money funneling into a smaller pie and that makes the moves a lot uh, more powerful. So when, when gold rallies uh, 2%, silver will rally 4% or, or, or more. And the, when silver rallies 4 or 5%, silver mining stocks will rally 10 or 20%. Let's talk about those uh, PGE plays. I mean, platinum is or excuse me, Palladium. Palladium has just gone gangbusters. Twenty three fifty right now. It went up another hundred bucks, I think. Yeah, and everybody was calling a top yesterday, well, and it went up one hundred twenty bucks. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. I mean, you you actually put something on your Twitter feed uh, a couple days ago, which made me chuckle because it was because it was honest, and you said the only the only thing that really out there that could make a pullback in Palladium is is people saying it's gone up too fast. Too far, too fast. Too far, too fast. But is that, you still think that way? I mean, where do you see a top? Palladium is just such an incredibly hard market to gauge because it's such a small market. It's it's four times rarer than platinum, and there's just not a lot of it out there in the world. Right. Uh, I think that this is a massive short squeeze, and I don't think it'll be over until probably the last short is covered. You know, and it's actually very interesting because if this metal is having such an explosive move. I mean, literally, it's it's basically doubled in the last year. It was 1,200 an right. ounce, uh, you know, a year ago, and it's nearly 2,400 an ounce. It, I wonder if this is gonna it is a precursor to what we'll see in other metals like gold and silver. You know, like this is like the lead, and the bigger metals that have larger pools of capital involved in them are going to follow now. Well, does. Do you think pla uh, palladium has a s similar supply-demand factor as gold and silver? I, I don't know if that no, plays. No, it's much different dynamic, uh, much different dynamic. No, nobody buys it for you know investment purposes, really. Right. Whereas gold and silver, that's their main, the, the, you know, that's the main source of buying is you know, you know, like investment buying. Yeah. Well, so silver's got, you know, industrial component to it. And so does gold too, but the largest part is you know for you know investment purposes and people that want to hoard coins and bars, you know. Have you been looking at, uh, you know, base metal PGE companies uh, leading up to it, or is it, are you looking at it now because of the price? Are you uh, are you chasing because of the price now? I'm or? not chasing. <laughs> I'm not chasing. I own one, 
Uh, it's a small explorer I just mentioned to you. Mm -hmm. Symbol is bull, B-U-L-L, on the CSE. Um, and I don't necessarily recommend people chase these stocks up here. I mean, bull has more than doubled in the last couple of weeks. Probably wait for it to cool off a little bit if, if, you, you know, if you're really interested and do your uh, you know, research and, and go to the company website and such. Um, but everybody's been asking me, I want a platinum group, you know, metals play or platinum <laughs> group, you know, metals minor. And I just, well, there's only a few. So right. take your pick and they're all at 52 week highs. So, or they're at not only 52 week highs, a lot of them are multi-year highs, right? Right. So it's a little dicey to chase that kind of a move and, and I wouldn't necessarily recommend it. Well, if palladium continues to move up, wouldn't you chase now? Th that's greed, right? So fear you, and greed. I guess it shows you a little bit of work. <laughs> fear and greed are the two primary emotions that cause losses in financial markets. So if you're chasing a metal that's doubled in the last year, you're acting on greed, and that usually doesn't end well. Right. Uh, you were telling me this story, and I'm not, you know, I'm not active on CEOCA at all, but uh, you, you are. But you were telling me how you won uh, the 2019 <laughs> stock pick. A uh, uh, little stock picking contest. Contest. I mean, there's what 900 people in it, and and you <laughs> you were first. I was first, and uh, it's interesting how much attention that's gotten. Um, honestly, there was a good bit of luck involved in that. Um, to perform that well with just three picks is is pretty unlikely. I don't care how skillful you are, and and you know what, you know, was there some skill involved in it? Yes, I guess there was because. Uh, two of my companies went up a lot. One was more than double and one was, was almost a 10-bagger. Um, and I did own all three companies that I picked. One was a loser, small loser, and then the two uh, you know, winners, obviously. But what's funny about that is that the 10-bagger, which is AMX on the venture, um, I was buying it at like 16 and 17 cents at the end of 2018 because I was just it felt like something was happening. And when I talked to the company, I felt like something was happening. Even though I couldn't explain exactly what it was, it's not right. like they told me, well, we got 10 meters of 40 grams or something, but I could tell that they were excited about something, right? right. And I could see it in the, in, the, in the trading of the stock. I could see the bids were so persistent. And then the offers just started to get taken out, taken out, taken out. And so that's why I picked it, because I said this company is cheap. It was like a seven or eight million market cap at the time. And I feel like something has happened. There's potential here for this to be a big winner. But what's funny about it is in my actual real trading and real money, I was a buyer at 16 and 17 cents and I was a seller between 40 and 60 cents and I was completely out of my stock at 60 cents. Mm -hmm. And it went to 160. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the trickiest things. So in the stock picking contest, I got the benefits of just holding it because I couldn't sell because it was a it was a stock picking contest. Right. But in reality, riding winners is probably the most challenging aspect of being an investor or trader, uh, especially in the junior mining sector. When a lot of people say, "Well, sell half on a double, so you get your cash out." Some people say, "No, you want to you want to ride for a much bigger winner because you need to have ten baggers, you know, in order to make up for all the losses because." This yeah. is a treacherous sector. There's no, there's no magic formula for how to do it. Right. Well, and I think, uh, you know, just uh, looking at my own uh, trading is what I, what I'm not good at and need to be improve on is actually 
being willing to take profits out. And I'm not saying lots of profits, but you know, when, when companies do go up, being okay, taking some money off of the table, you know, and, and putting them back in the family coffers, right? And doing something like that. I mean, it's, I guess, so what, you know, I, I, is it more introspectively subjective on the individual to decide, you know, there's no right or wrong way of taking profits. Um, it's just based on your own risk. I think there's a couple ways to look at it. One is from a, a portfolio vantage point, the overall portfolio, and now how much is this one stock constituting in my overall portfolio when it gets up to a certain percentage, usually want to sell it back down to about 10% because I, I generally don't feel comfortable having more than 10% of my overall trading capital in one stock, especially a junior mining company sure, because they're so volatile. Uh, another way to look at it is technical analysis. So there's clear uh, signs on the chart when something is getting crazy overbought or really overextended uh, or it's hitting a level that it's bounced back from multiple times, probably good to take some off the table there just so you can buy a dip, right? Yeah. And also just there's a, there's a psychological aspect, there's a human aspect like, what's gonna help me sleep at night, like feel good, you know, overall in my portfolio, and then what's gonna make me comfortable to actually buy a dip instead of having all my, my uh, cash fully invested. Yeah. I wanna have some flexibility to be able to find it, to take advantage of a new opportunity or, or a pullback. Right, right. Um, just kind of curious, I want to ask you about uh, sentiment right now. I mean, you do have a, a service in a group of, uh, I guess you call it subscribers in the trading lab. Subscribers, yeah. And um, are you seeing uh, a little bit more of a pickup in uh, people coming in and, and, and working in the lab? Or, you know, what do you see, you know, as an observer here? Uh, as far as my subscribers, basically the numbers have been pretty stable over the last, say, the last six months, which is basically at an all-time high, but not really making new highs. Yeah. Um, and sentiment overall, I think, is pretty is pretty healthy. Uh, a lot of people asking me questions, uh, trying to find new ideas, you know, new investment ideas, you know, what's the next 10 bagger going to be? I don't know how many times I've been asked that question. <laughs> and it's an impossible question to answer. And I can throw out some ideas if I feel I'm talking to a, you know, like a real adult who can make their own choices and also, you know, take uh, you know, responsibility for yeah. their choice if it doesn't work out. Right. Uh, but sentiment is, is very healthy. And, and I was talking to somebody a couple hours ago and I basically said, the lifeblood of the sector, especially in junior mining, is capital. The, you know, the ability to raise money, uh, finance, so that you can actually do real exploration work. And the, the signs are very good right now for that. Companies can, can raise money. Uh, they're they're well-funded to do work programs in 2020. Um, and there doesn't seem to be any shortage of capital. And that's a very strong tailwind for the junior mining sector. Now, obviously, junior mining sector sort of rise and falls w with the gold price. Right. right now, the gold price is fairly robust. It hasn't pulled back much off its highs. It's, it's trading above a key technical level at 1540. Um, so it all looks good now. We've got a, a go light right now, right? right? But we don't know what the future holds, right? If gold dropped back under 1500 or certainly back under 1400, that could all change. Right. And that, I mean, a catalyst like that, I mean, or you could run the gamut of what could change that up or down, right? And 
I mean, with everything, you know, I was laughing. It's kind of fun to come up to Canada for a week because I literally have no idea what's going on with the United States news and politics right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I could not tell you. Yeah, this whole impeachment thing, I see little blurbs here and there, but I haven't watched a second of it. Right, right. And I guess people, there's like a coronavirus I've heard of. I, uh, <laughs> one of the largest cities in China just got quarantined. They, they aren't letting people leave the city now. Oh. That's terrifying. 10 actually. million people <laughs> trapped in their city. Thanks. That's really terrifying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I guess I should pick up a newspaper or watch the news because I, I feel so out of the loop right now. <laughs> All I've been focusing on uh, junior mining. and You're in the mining metal. conference world. Yeah. But, any, I mean, you never know. Any, any catalyst like that. I mean, look what happened two weeks ago with the Iran situation. Gold jumped up over $1,600 and then quickly retreated. Like, you know, I think that was a really... You know, like that move, that was a fake move by all means, right? Uh, but it was significant because it shows you like people are willing to jump in really quickly. And it feels like as we teeter here globally and, and socially, that uh, it could be one little thing, such night, such as what happened in Iran, that could make this move again, but then stay there, but then stay there. That was a very, that, that was a very memorable night for me. So that was two weeks ago, Tuesday. Yeah. And with, you know, missiles flying towards U.S. troops in Iraq, it, 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 the initial reports made it seem like really dire. Right. Because you know that if those missiles had killed some, you know, U.S. troops, the consequences would have been very serious. Trump would not have taken that lightly. And that's, so the, you know, the emotion and fear, mm -hmm. going back to that fear factor, um, contributed to a $50 surge in the gold price, right? And, you know, was it a fake? No, I mean, it, it happened. It was real, but it was unsustainable because gold was pretty overbought, pretty overextended, and then it turned out that Iran probably fired specifically to miss the troops, yeah. but make it seem like they right. were, were trying to aim to hit. Are we, with the consolidation going on here in gold, like you said, we're trading around that technical level of 1540. Uh, are we coming back down from that overbought situation or are we getting to a healthier spot? Much healthier now. I mean, it's worked off all the overbought. It's extremely healthy. And, and I think that we could make another run at 1600 very soon, you know. It's on, but on a healthy move. A healthy often. move, yeah. I mean, you know, in bull markets uh, are characterized by hugging near the highs. Yeah. and not pulling back more than about a third of the prior rally. Okay. So like if, uh, if gold rallies $200, a bull market move shouldn't give back more than about $70 an ounce of that move. All right. And that's what we're seeing. I mean, it hit 1613, pulled back to 1540. That's exactly $70 an ounce. And here we are today at 1558 in sort of a tight range bound, uh, you know, range bound trade. Um, and all the technical oscillators are worked off any overbought you know and and the sentiment is positive but it's not near euphoric and that's just the perfect sweet spot for another rally yeah are you starting to get questions from people you least expected like you know people who've never been into mining or precious metals but are now like seeing interest in or people who have been out of precious metals and mining for the last few years and now are decided to dip their toes back nope. in nope not yet nope uh, and I have some really good people in my life that are good indicators for that, contrarian indicators. No interest in gold and silver yet. No interest in mining stocks yet. Uh, and they were all over Bitcoin. They were all over multiple fads in the past few years. Yeah. 
Um, I, I really don't think this is this move has reached the masses. It's going to take a lot more. I think it's going to take probably more than sixteen hundred dollars. I was going to say, do you think sixteen hundred dollar gold does anything? For it, it does. It will. It will get some more participants into the you know into the sector, but it won't be a mass adoption sort of thing. It, it probably takes seventeen hundred. And like I said, with Newmont Mining, like let's see Newmont Mining hit sixty dollars a share. Yeah. not $43 a share. Right, right. And then people will be like, oh shit, because then all the trend following traders, all the people that use only technicals, the gold mining charts will go to the top of the trend following bull market list. And then the herd starts to come in and it's a virtuous cycle for right. a while right. until it reaches an unsustainable level. And then, the, and then that's where the top is. But from my vantage point, we're, we're, we're probably a year or more away from that happening, you know? I mean, yeah. it, it, shit, it could be two or three years. Right. Yeah. Uh, Rob, it's always a pleasure to have you, man. I always enjoy your conversations, and uh, you're just such a, a wealth of information. And not only that, you're also a great person. I really appreciate you. So thanks for, uh, thanks for coming on to Mining Stock Daily. Thank you, Trevor. And I want to, uh, you know, acknowledge you for the contributions that you make to the sector every day. It's, it's tough, trust me, I know, to churn out content every day, yeah. and you do. You put a lot of value-added stuff out there, so thank you for all that you do, and thank you for having me here today. Yeah, Thank you, Rob. Take care, buddy. Mining Stock Daily and its affiliates are not responsible for any loss arising from any investment decision in connection with the material presented herein.